ladies. <laughs> what just happened? I forgot words. <laughs> Hello? You ladies, you duels. My gals, my friends, what's happening? Not much. <gasps> it's hot over here in Boston. Just had to put the, well, I had the AC blasting because I knew I wouldn't be able to have it on during recording. And I'm already sweating. What's hot yeah. for you, though? Because, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, since I did live in Texas, it's it's nothing. It's like it's like 70. AC is <sighs> just not the same there, though. It's true. It's, not. it's just not the same. It's true. How nice would 70 degrees be right now? Oh, I would love it. This Texas heat. It's got your girl sweating balls. Although it's dripping for it. Sweating clackers. Sweating clackers, quite honestly. <laughs> Y'all, the new name for balls is clackers. Mm-hmm. Apparently. That's, That's what the kids say. The kids. That's what the kids yeah. are saying these days. But honestly, for it being June, I feel like it has not gotten that hot yet. And I'm like knocking on wood and hoping that, you know, it, it stays kind of like this. That's true. I hope so. She hasn't hit the 90s yet. No. So. Good. And that's honestly crazy for June already. So. It is. Yeah. I wonder what the weather is like in (laughs) West Virginia. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I almost thought you forgot for a second. Where are we? I was waiting for someone to. Well, I didn't know where she was in. going with that. She was queuing us up for this week's F. We're <laughs> heading to West Virginia. We're making our way through the states, you know? We're seeing mm-hmm. the sights, we're seeing what's out there. The WV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never been to West Virginia. I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't had a reason. But it's, it's like weird. it's the blue mountain. It's the blue mountain state. Oh, it's gorgeous. Is that apparently? It? Oh, I have okay. heard it's gorgeous. Is that the nickname, the Blue Mountain State? I don't know. I could have made that up. I am maybe. Well, if you made it up, <laughs> that is the new nickname. Okay. <laughs> I hope I didn't steal another state's title. You know and what? Toss it on WV. Heck, that state. Oh my god! It's West Virginia's now. Okay. Alrighty. We're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily. And it's time to get spooky. Uh, before we dive in, anything new and exciting? No? No? It's my birthday on Friday. I Yes. Ooh. Happy so. birthday to Emily. This comes out on Thursday, so it'll be an early birthday to early. Emily. But make sure that on Friday... June 4th, you let the lady know, happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Another year older, guys. Can't believe it. Does it look? There'll be a post with her beautiful face on the Golden Ghouls Instagram account. I can't wait. This is my favorite part of my birthday. Day over 21. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm Uh I'm officially 23. (laughs) Ah, gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is that a lot of times people do think we're in our like early to mid twenties. And I'm like, honestly, thank you. (laughs) Do they? Many people have been like, even me, I thought that you were much younger and by much younger, they mean like five years younger, but anyway, (laughs) because of the maturity level. Yeah. Precisely that. No, I think it's because we're young and beautiful. That's (laughs) probably, Yep. I mean, yeah, I love I'm that. Right. I love that for us. 
I'm not in my 30s. <laughs> no. She's 18. No. She's 18. Yeah. 18 plus one day. Exactly. I can uh I can jump it jump it jump off. Jump it off. <laughs> All right. Is that is that Get that's it. a new idiom. That's a new She's phrase. Try, we're trying new things. We're gonna kick it we off. Got clackers. We're gonna jump it off. Leap it. We're gonna f- we're gonna flip it oh. off. Oh okay. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> so have either of you heard of the green bar ghost? No. I've never heard of that in my life. Sweet. I, <laughs> after researching this, I think this might be one of my favorite ghost stories. Oh. It's, a, it's a story of redemption, okay. of vindication. Wow. It's just the ghost is coming through. Wow. Okay. okay. So we mm-hmm. need to sell this to HBO later. Got you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I found a very um, well-dressed, charismatic historian on YouTube, the history guy, history deserves to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and he covered the Greenbrier ghost. So a lot of these facts, um, the storyline it came from him. So I suggest checking him out if you like history. But without further ado, once upon a time, there was a free spirited woman named Elva Zona Hester, named or nicknamed Zona. She was born in West Virginia around 1873, which was uh, soon after West Virginia was declared its own state. I think that was like about 10 years after. So not much is known about Zona's upbringing other than uh, that she grew up near Richlands and that she gave birth to a child out of wedlock. Oh. My, my. <laughs> In 1895. In October 1896, Zona met a younger, handsome fellow named Erasmus Stribbling Trout Shoe. No. no. <laughs> yes. I don't believe that. <laughs> yes. Which name did she take from that line? That's a good question. So <laughs> I his take nickname, shoe. right? Yeah. So it was spelled S-H-U-E, uh. but let's... Let's say it's S-H-O-E. <laughs> his nickname was Trout, however. I mean, why okay. not? If you, you know... So Shu had just moved to Greenbrier to work as a blacksmith. He seemed like he, um, there wasn't much history on him at first that people knew about. He seemed to kind of just be floating about and he wanted a new start, which is why he moved to Greenbrier. So Zona and Shu, they fell madly in love. They, it was like love at first sight, you know, it was probably more lust than love, but Whatever, who cares? However, Zona's family, specifically her mother, found Shu to be a bit sketch, if you will. She allegedly didn't like him from the start. She could tell that he was hiding something. He just, you know, you, you get that gut feeling, you get that vibe that someone is possibly a sociopath, you know. That's <laughs> Mothers what tend to know. Mothers always know. Although, you know, you know what? When I first started hanging out with Steve, my mom and I got in a fight because she was like, he's a drug addict. <laughs> what? And I was like, what? That is a large claim. Are you talking about? Where, where did she get this from? Because um, Just... someone told my mom that he smoked weed. And I was oh, like, bitch, okay. you oh. smoke weed. <laughs> oh. Officially a drug addict. Yes. 
in a while. Wow. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> so sometimes moms don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> sometimes moms are just funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, despite her mother's objection, Zona married Shu um, in the next month in November, 1896. And, you know, they seems to be the quintessential newlywed couple, you know, content as can be, madly in love. And they moved in together. Very cute. Wait, there's more. <gasps> there always is. Ooh. Soon after their wedding, in January 1897, an 11-year-old neighbor of the couple who helped Zona with household chores and also helped her um, with sewing projects went over to their house and found Zona's body at the end, at the bottom of the stairs in her home. And the reports from the time, and I got this information from our history fellow on YouTube, described the scene um, that the body was lying stretched out, perfectly straight with feet together, one hand lying by one side and the other lying across the body and the head was slightly inclined to one side, almost as if her body had been posed. It sounds posed to me. Mm -hmm. You know, if anyone has seen Family Guy when they fall down the stairs and they end up at the bottom in that like pretzel lump, that's how you would assume someone would end up at the bottom of the stairs or if they passed out or fainted or whatnot, you wouldn't end up in this strange uniform position, right? That would be unique. That would be unique. (sighs) Unless, you know, maybe you poisoned yourself or something. I don't know. But anyway, I digress. And then like laid there to... Yeah, yeah. you're like, I want to look elegant. I see. You know, know, like that's that's an exception, but twist not the case here. So this 11-year-old child ran back home next door, told his mother, his mother notified the police, a doctor, and of course... Shu. By the time, so Shu had happened to be home or he was outside, he was close by. So he was able to find his wife's body before the doctor and the police got to the house. So by the time they did get to the house, Shu had brought Zona upstairs into bed and had dressed her in a high neck dress with a stiff collar and then placed a veal, a veil over her face. <laughs> Please, not a the veal. A slab of veal. <laughs> oh, you know what? Remember that? I just said that, though. Because I'm going to have, I'm going to have a fact about meat later in this story. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. So he placed, a, hopefully, a veil over her face. <laughs> He's like, you look like you hit your head, and we're just going to put a hunk of frozen veal on there to reduce the inflammation. Don't get the cold meat. The cold meat. So this was a bit strange because usually in preparation of a funeral, the the women in the deceased woman's life will dress the the corpse uh, and prepare her for burial. Um, so it was a little bit odd that she immediately like moved the body, dressed her. Um, and he was, apparently he was very dramatic. I mean, as he should be, he's grieving. His wife just died, but he was cradling his wife's head and he was sobbing. And the doctor, um, so she made it very awkward. (laughs) So the doctor was kind of hesitant to like do a full examination. Um, he did 
Notice some bruising on the neck, but nothing out of the ordinary. However, again, she was dressed in a high neck collared dress. When the doctor tried to get a little bit closer to Zona's body, she reacted so violently that the doctor ended the examination, left the house, and declared that the death was due to an everlasting faint, which is an old way of saying a heart attack. That's a much nicer way to say that. Yeah, it is. Can we bring that back? Everlasting faint. Yeah. But also, like, very confusing, you know? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Yeah, right? Because you could faint from a lot of different stuff. Exactly, exactly. So he could have said that because her hand, one of her hands was, like, on her chest, but who knows? That would be... Clearly, the doctor didn't know the cause yeah, of death, so he was. So he said, "Everlasting faint." And then, a few days later, the doctor then changed the cause of death to complications due to pregnancy. Oh. But Zona had never mentioned to anyone that she was pregnant. She wasn't showing any signs of pregnancy. Um, so it was very, it was very weird. Something wasn't right. So, the body was transported to her mother, whose name was Mary Jane, by the way. Um, mother's house. Um, and what was weird is that during the funeral, the burial, um, when visitors were coming, the, uh, the husband shoe again was right next to Zona's body and like would not leave his wife's side and was basically like keeping visitors and mourners from getting too close to her body. And Mary Jane, she noticed this and she was like, this is bizarre. Like something's very wrong here. My daughter did not die of everlasting faint. She was not pregnant. She would have told me. And so she began to pray that her daughter's spirit would return and tell her how she died. Wow, wow, we wah. Four weeks later. No way. Mary said that she began to have visions at night of Zona's spirit. This happened four nights in a row. She said that Zona appeared to her and claimed that she had been abused by Shu and that he had choked her, crushing her windpipe and top vertebrae in her neck. She said that the next night she had a similar dream where Zona was there and she saw her spirit in the dream and she had turned her neck, her head, around 180 oh, degrees, oh kind of my. like in um, I'd be like, The Exorcist, oh, showing Zona. the damage, right? I'd be like, oh, dang. Yeah, that's too much, much my daughter. You know? Like, give it to me easy, right? But right? you know what? Ask exactly. and you shall receive. She got, You're right. she got what she asked yes. for. Mm-hmm. Like, look, mom, you want the deal? I'm going to show you what's up. The yeah. facts and figures were and, presented. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And she, when her head turned 180 degrees, her um, Mary Jane could see the damage of the top vertebrae in the neck. So she woke up. At that point, she's like, okay, there's no doubt in my mind. This is what happened. She told her family, her neighbors, and no one really believed her at first. They thought, you know, she's just grieving and this is like a natural part of grieving, you know, you kind of can make up stories or have crazy dreams and whatnot. And, um, 
Finally, Mary convinced her brother and her neighbors, and they got in touch with this lawyer, John Preston. And he, of course, didn't believe Mary right away. So Mary said, all right, well, go go talk to the doctor. Like, see, ask him why he thinks she died of, you know, what complications due to pregnancy or whatever he had written down. And so the lawyer went to the doctor <laughs> and he admitted that he didn't actually have um, a good reason as to as to why Zona died. So the lawyer obtained a warrant to exhume Zona's body for a full autopsy. So lo and behold, the autopsy revealed that she, Zona, her windpipe was broken and her top vertebrae was snapped as well. There were bruises on her neck and it proved that she had been strangled. Shu mm-hmm. mentioned, he said something along the lines of, well, they can't prove it was me, which only added to his case of being guilty. He was arrested. He went to, they had um, a hearing and he... Um, He tried to convince the jury that he was guilty, but they weren't having it. They were like, hell no. And at first, Mary's lawyer was like, listen, don't bring up this, like, don't tell them that Zona's ghost told you. Like, that's, they're not going to believe that. But she was like, no, I'm going to stay true to the story and I'm going to tell them exactly what happened. And it ended up convincing, you know, the jury and the judge, um, as well as, you know, of course, the autopsy. So... This was one of the only, actually, no, it is the only case in the history of the United States of a a ghost uh, proving something in a court of law. Oh, wow. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Let's bring that back, you know? Let's get yeah. the ghost in the room, in the courtrooms now. Exactly. You know? We have a lot to say. Exactly. So I just love that story. And you know me, I still to this day, I'm like, I'll believe a ghost when I see one. But like this story, this gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, same. For sure. Okay. And when okay. you took at the end, when you said that that's like the only case that's been solved by a ghost, I was like, oh, I have heard this story, but I don't think I like uh, yes. heard her referred to <laughs> as a green briar, green briar ghost. Green briar. And you'll be happy to hear that. Shu was obviously found guilty of murder and was sentenced to the state prison for life. He uh, died of unknown causes while in prison. Yeah. Aha. Well. Well, thank goodness, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the ghost got to... Oh, what? What? Sorry. I just remember two more facts that are very important. Okay, tell it. So before his trial, they dug up some information on Shu. He had two previous <gasps> wives... He had also, it had been recorded that he said he wanted to marry seven times in his lifetime. (gasps) His previous wife, one of his previous wives, um, had called the police due to abuse. And then the other one died of mysterious causes. Interesting. This is giving me like flashbacks of current day crimes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. seriously. If you like this story, there's a book by Katie Letcher Lyle, um, who wrote the book, her book, (laughs) The Man Who Wanted Seven Wives, The Greenbrier Ghost and the Famous Murder Mystery of 1897. Wait, is that the title? Yeah, it's a long one. I love it. 
Yeah. It's fantastic. Gives me everything mm-hmm. I need to know. Yeah, right there. exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want to know what you're getting yourself into. We yeah. love a title that's also a synopsis. I like it. You know, I do, personally. <laughs> Also, when you said it is your new favorite ghost story, y'all, I'm so mad at myself that I forgot to tell you this ghost story or like a fact that my friend told me the other day. Not maybe not a <laughs> fact. How shall I phrase this? So anyway, my friend's family is from Laos and he has so many like crazy ghost stories that are like specific to like their culture and they're really cool. But the other day he was like, Oh my gosh, have I ever told you what we think that you should do if you think you're encountering a ghost? And I was like, no, what? And he was like, you're supposed to show them your genitals because like genitalia (laughs) is a sign of life. And instantly they know like I'm alive, like, leave me alone basically but there's this really cool story and I can't I can't for the life of me remember the name of it but there was like a man who another thing you can do is like bend over and like look between your legs and like you'll see if you're like inside of the spirit world basically (laughs) so there was this man (laughs) who was like in the kitchen with his wife one day he bent over he looked between his legs and he noticed that like his wife's arms were like misshapen and there were cobwebs everywhere and like all the food in the Um, kitchen was rotting. And so it was like, he was in like a spirit world or something. Was that like telling him something about his life and his wife? Telling him that like he had basically been tricked by this spirit. And so I need to find a story because I think we could do like a really cool episode on just like, bizarre ghost stories from different cultures because I mean that is like so cool to me girl and you know I'm gonna be looking between my legs everywhere now (laughs) you're gonna see me bending over yeah but at the grocery store (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna not hear from me and then find out I'm in jail for being a level one sex offender for flashing my genitalia outside when meanwhile I happen to see a ghost okay she saw a ghost but no, seriously, if anyone has any other like interesting ghost stories from their culture, we would love to hear about them um, because he For has sure. so many fascinating stories. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, so good yeah, to know. I was like, what? That's so, ah. I love a ghost story. We too. All right. Well, I'm going to switch things up a little bit on you guys. How does that sound? Perfect. Switch it, change it, rearrange it. We're going to be talking about a monster, (laughs) not a ghost. A monster. Yes. So picture this. Actually, you probably can't because you have probably never been to Flatwoods, West Virginia. But if you have, Uh. picture it (laughs) or Google a picture and set the scene for yourself. All right. right. It's 7.15 p.m. on September 12th, 1952. Hot minute ago. There are these two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and they're hanging out with their little buddy, Tommy Heyer, when they see this bright object cross the sky and land on the property of a local farmer named G. Bailey Fisher. So the boys ran home to tell... I'm guessing their mother, Kathleen May, 
um, what they had seen. And she accompanied the boys along with a few other children from the neighborhood who had tagged along, um, Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, and a West Virginia National Guardsman named Eugene Lemon. And they go over to the Fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever the boys had seen fly across the sky and land. So they reach the top of the hill where Nunley said they saw a pulsing red light. The whole group Mm. saw it. He grabbed his flashlight and aimed it in that direction and momentarily saw a, quote, tall, man-like figure with a round, red face surrounded by a pointed, hood-like shape. (sighs) But just wait for it. Who could that be? Other accounts... Whoops! ...said the creature was around 10 feet tall. Oh, no. Yes. We love a tall man. Um, This tall, though, (laughs) I have a weird... So I have some very specific fears, and one is, like, really large things, and this scares me a lot. All right, ready? This tall man in the ocean. No! (laughs) (laughs) I gag. Sorry. I gag. So no men on stilts for your birthday. No, thank you. No. Okay. Not this year. All right. <laughs> but they said he was around 10 feet tall and he had eye-like shapes that emitted a greenish orange light. And it had a hmm. dark black or greenish body wearing a metal dress looking getup. So like if you see <laughs> drawings of this this creature, it honestly <laughs> looks insane. But like Game of Thrones? It, it's like... Or is it like steampunk? It's like but. a little... He's like a little alien man in a metal dress. That is so cute. He honestly... He's cute, but also when you think about the fact that he could be 10 feet tall, he's creepy. Right. So um, they also said that the figure had small claw-like hands, clothing-like <laughs> folds in its flesh, and a head that resembled the ace of spades. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. We'll post a picture of him because it's a whole look. I like his baby hands, but I don't like the ace of spades head. Yeah. It, I prefer like maybe a diamond okay. or a heart. All right. Yes. Well, <laughs> he can't change who well. he is. Maybe he can now. Maybe yeah. he's a shapeshifter of some sort. But according to their telling of the incident, the figure made a hissing sound and glided toward the group. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's when uh, old Mr. Lemon screamed, dropped the flashlight, and the whole group ran away. Mm -mm. They also said that they had smelled a, quote, pungent mist. (laughs) And some... He's ripping ass. Yes, ripping it. (laughs) And some of the members of the group suffered from throat irritation, vomiting, and nausea, which persisted for days after the event. Uh, (sighs) The people that they told this story to basically passed off the symptoms as, like, a side effect of hysteria. But Mm. um, in doing some research, it's been found that these are actually telltale signs of exposure to mustard gas. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this homie came down on stilts with an ace of spades mask, tiny baby hands. Ripping ass. Ripping mustard gas. Yeah, yeah, he was ripping the gas. 
He was. So the local sheriff partnered up with the deputy and they investigated reports of a crash aircraft in the area because some other people had seen, you know, something fall from the sky. But when they searched the site of the reported crash, they, quote, saw, heard and smelled nothing. So mustard gas, gone. Whatever he got there in, gone. Hmm. The day after the incident, a gentleman... A. Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton Democrat claimed to discover skid marks of unknown origin in the field and an odd skid mark, skid mark from <laughs> the craft. I knew he didn't you rip know, that ass all the way, girl. I wanted to change this, the this fella has IBS. Oh my god! I wanted you know I wanted to change the way that was phrased, but it's a direct quote. He oh, yeah. said, "Quote skid marks," and quote an odd gummy deposit. Which were, <laughs> which he attributes to the landing of the saucer. Do you think if he were to wear a diaper underneath his metal dress, it would change like the silhouette? <laughs> I don't know because like it would have changed his whole outcome. I'm yeah. guessing that he's like very small, and the dress is just like a a, a shell of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like the modern day pickup truck for small boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> I am joking, by the way. Okay. Oh my, no, but like for real, why are you in an apartment with a truck? You know, why do you have a truck and you live in an apartment? That's my main question. I would like ask, I answered. The real question. It's a real question. Unless you need it for work. Well, like, yeah, unless you're in, like, to, you have to use that pickup. Amazing. But, but otherwise, why? If not, what are you using that, that bed for? That's always what I wanted to know. <sighs> well, maybe the people. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alyssa. We just have so many questions about pickup trucks. We're going to stop. We're going to stop talking. They want to know. <laughs> we, any, uh, we all want to know. But yeah, yeah. people, uh, UFO enthusiasts are like, that's the telltale sign of a saucer landing. So they thought maybe Hmm. he, maybe he came down on a little, a little flying object. So another sighting of a creature similar in description to the Flatwoods monster was reported by Audra Harper, not long before the infamous sighting on the Fisher's farm. So she claims to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near her home outside the town of Heaters, which is only five-ish miles north of Flatwoods. So what was he doing? Uh, He loves the area. Yeah, he's out here. So Harper and her friend were walking to a nearby store and about a half mile into their trip, they noticed a ball of fire on one of the hills they were passing. So she dismissed it at first, but then she looked back. The fire had somehow vanished and in its place stood the tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. She was scared out of her pants. She and her friend ran. They did (laughs) not look back. Wow, what if he's like a superhero, you know? He like could be. When Batman shows his signal, it's like, this is his ball of flame, and he's coming to save <gasps> something. Yeah, maybe that's what mm-hmm. his little costume is about. Yeah. Cute. Yes. And then the day after the September 12th incident, another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek, 
which, you know, strange things have to happen there. About 20 miles like south of Flatwoods. So they're seeing this little dude every which way. This couple, George and Edith Snitowski and their 18-month-old son were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4 when their car suddenly died out of nowhere. George attempted to restart the car, had no success, um, and they're getting a little worried because they're out there, they have their baby, it's nighttime, the road was deserted. Meanwhile... As they're sitting around trying to figure out what to do, they smell this foul, sulfurous smell, and their baby starts crying. (gasps) Suddenly, this bright light filled the darkness, and the couple witnessed what they also said was a 10-foot-tall creature hovering in front of their car. Their description is very similar to um, the original sighting, except that they said the monster was not wearing a hood. He did not have the spade-shaped hood on this time. Instead, his head was reptilian and bony. Love it. And they said the creature dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car before drifting off into the woods. <laughs> as soon as the monster was out of sight, the car restarted and the couple sped off. <laughs> the imagery. Yeah, I'm just, sorry. Emily and I are having a rough time. <laughs> just did a little, you know, he did a dust test. He did. Hood. He said, yeah. Clean. Like, hmm. He said, ah, yes, this will do. <laughs> But he, yeah, but he hasn't been seen since these sightings in 1952. However, his impact on the community has been huge. They still talk about him. They say that if you stand outside at night, you can feel his watchful gaze. Uh huh. Um, and they, can you smell his farts? You smell the farts. You feel the eyes. You feel the bony Dang. hand across your flesh. Well, but, people out there need to be watching for skin marks, too. <laughs> they do. But they've really embraced this big guy. Dangerous. Uh, they've erected art in his likeness. They sell souvenirs. There are little photo ops around the town that feature the monster. Cute. So there you have it. The Flatwoods monster of Flatwoods, West, West Virginia. West Virginia. That, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, good for him. Honestly, <laughs> good for him. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to run into him, but sounds like he hasn't been in town since 52. He, so. you know, he does what he has to do. <laughs> right. I mean, that seems right, though. You know, for a monster to stay around one area, you know, he's got to make his mark other places. Exactly. You know? All right. Well, I'll finish us off in West Virginia here with a goody old shorty. and this is one kind of like kylie's but the trial didn't go so well Uh yeah this is the ghost of mamie thurman on 22 mine road Mm -hmm. 22 mine road you guys it's located in holden west virginia in logan county and it's this winding drive you take up to the top of the mountain And I mean, the whole drive is apparently haunted, but I think the top of the mountain is really where it's at. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you why. 
And thanks to the, the to the great people of West Virginia Haunted Legends for giving me my story because they really did it up for me. And I'm reading straight from the site. Let's just be honest. She's keeping it real. Yeah, I'm keeping it real. In 1932, you guys, Mamie Thurman, she was a pretty dark-haired 31-year-old housewife. Uh, She was married to a local policeman in Logan, West Virginia, which is a little less than three hours away from Hocking Hills, if you guys know West Virginia. Mamie was also an active churchgoer at Nybert Memorial in downtown Logan and a member of the Logan Women's Club. So she was about town. She was a lady about town. She knew her peeps. It was good times for Mamie. She had a husband and they rented a two-room apartment over a garage, which was located in the backyard of a 42-year-old man named Harry Robinson. He lived with his wife, Louise, and Robertson also had a, um, a, what, Clarence, his handyman chauffeur hunting buddy. So Clarence also lived on the property. On Wednesday of June 22nd, 1932, um, a 32-year-old deaf mute named Garland Davis was picking up berries near the top of Trace Mountain where, um, old, you know, 22 Mine Road goes up to Trace Mountain. He was picking berries there and he stumbled across the most grisly sight, you guys. The body of a young woman who had been shot, stabbed, and just left discarded in a ditch. Poor baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When the police arrived, the body was soon identified as Mamie. Nothing at the scene suggested a robbery. Her pocketbook was found near her body, which contained $8 in cash, some loose change. She had cigarettes wrapped in paper. She was wearing a wristwatch, a gold diamond ring, and an engagement ring. Um, A paper with a license plate number was also found nearby. So quickly, you're questioning all of this. You know, what could have happened here? It wasn't a robbery. This was foul play. Let's figure it out. So they quickly began questioning neighbors and friends, and they rounded out their their, uh, two there's top suspects to Harry Robertson and then the handyman of Harry Robertson, Mr. Clarence Stevenson. Clarence Aww. was 29 years old at the time. Um, while the funeral was being held, there were a bunch of whispers around town about Robertson and why he was top suspect. Hmm. Uh, but they, they, uh, they came out saying that they had searched the Robertson home and state police found a depression on the basement wall that was suspected of a bullet hole. They found blood stains on both the carpet and a razor blade. Um, The blood stains were also found on the seat and window of the Ford sedan owned by Harry Robertson. Dang. So Harry and Clarence were both accused of the murder. Robertson had admitted up front at the trial that he was in fact having an affair with Mamie for nearly two years. Oh. In these meetings, you guys, the, the the little rendezvous Harry and Mamie were having, these were arranged by Clarence, Harry's handyman. What? Yeah. Apparently, Clarence Stevenson, who uh, used to get free trips hunting with Harry, he would get these by helping Harry and Mamie, and he would drop them off at certain points 
around town where they could get it on. However, Harry was, <laughs> yeah, Harry was unfortunately, you guys, unlike Kylie's ghost, Mamie didn't come out and tell us what happened, but Ugh. it didn't seem like a fair trial, y'all, because Harry was never indicted by the grand jury. While Clarence Stevenson, y'all, he was accused of the crime, 100%. He was found guilty and sent to Moundsville prison. And the reason why this is our ghost story, I mean, it's unfortunate because I don't believe Clarence probably did it. Do you? I would say he Mm-mm. did not. No. So Mamie still haunts the mountain to this day. And I kind of feel like she does because her crime was never solved. You know, it was yeah. just like left on an innocent man's back when Harry should have been taken out right away from all the evidence. But her thing. her ghost is on the mountain road on 22 Mine Road. It says that um, she's still there and you can see her at the top of the mountain. She is seen walking along the roadway. And also, if you park at the bottom of 22 Mine Road and place your car in neutral, it will literally roll uphill. Sick. This is, several people have claimed it. They said it's not an optical illusion. It's a mysterious hill phenomenon, or it's maybe. So, go park your car at the end of 22 Mine Road, put it in neutral, and let me know if you're being pushed up top. Because your girl needs yes. the girl needs to see and she needs to tell you guys it's not Clarence, it's Harry. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe go up there and tell her, like, look, girl, we know it was Harry. We do. You know? I feel confident. Yeah. So poor yeah. Mamie. Twenty two. Mm. Rest in Rip. peace. Fine road. She's still there, you guys. Mm. I would be too if they prosecuted the wrong person. Ugh. Yeah. And with all that evidence too, you know. And there was no way Clarence did it. When they don't prosecute the right person, like Casey Anthony. Oh my God. Don't. And also, I am, I will forever be angry. Oh yeah. And also, isn't Scott Peterson about to get a new trial? No way. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? I was just like, I've watched so many things about that. And my favorite murder did, um, Lacey's story recently and I'm just like mm-hmm. how how did he not how could he think he didn't how could anyone think he didn't do it and there are so many people who are fighting to get him out there are so many women who like it's want insane. to marry him it's always. so gross always I, that's just like a Bizarre. thing I won't ever understand is like idolizing those people or like wanting to be with those people it's just i mean there's gotta be some mental illness involved in that desire absolutely absolutely i mean it's literally insane that casey has been in the news recently about trying to get somebody else like she called the cops on some altercation she had in a bar or something like that it's like that's crazy that that's a possibility for you you know god it's just insane. I can't. Ugh. I can't. <sighs> but well, what are you gonna do? We are where we, we are. Where we are. It, it's true. We are where we are. The justice system is broken. <laughs> Don't get me started. That's what I'm saying. Bring in the ghosts. Let's do a exactly. whole new thing here. 
Let's do it. Yep. Honestly, let's use the ghost to solve all all the crimes. They yeah. saw it. Mm-hmm. They know. Alyssa, this is what you're training for. Honestly, you know? yes. so I have been having <laughs> I've been having really weird dreams in which I'm like reading like newspaper clippings about someone who's gone missing or like things along those lines. And I was talking to my mentor about it and she was like, you could be unlocking a talent you didn't know you had while you're mm-hmm. sleeping. She was Yo. like, so try and remember the names because they might end up meaning something. But yeah. Heck yes. That could be insane. Could be. I'm always yeah. fascinated by the mediums who like actually like find missing people and do that. Mm-hmm. And they work with law enforcement and stuff. So I find that one day we'll see, you know, she's, yeah, she's taking it a day at a time, but it could mm-hmm. be, it could be, could be. Yeah. All right. Kids. Send us your stories. Yes. Y'all. Send us those stories. Ghoul talk is next week. Tentatively. If we have stories, <laughs> I know you guys are always like, I'm sending my story. Send it. This is your time to shine. Send it to the Golden Ghouls podcast at gmail.com. All right. Yeah. Okay. Until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.